The National Broadcasting Company invites you by transcription to join The Chase. and the hunted, hound and fox, hawk and sparrow, chicken and worm. We in the topmost species have also joined the hunt. But who is to judge precisely which of us are hounds or foxes as we enter the chase? You're a bum. You heard me. You're a bum. This is Charlie Morgan telling it right to you in your own dictaphone, Potter. Because of your pig-headedness, you missed the biggest news beat since the atom bomb, and I'm laughing at you, Potter, right up my sleeve. I only wish the joke was really funny. But it, it's sad, Potter. It's downright pitiful. Remember the day you canned me, Mr. Editor? Remember the day you bounced me off the staff? Big wheel, sitting on a rubber inner tube behind your lousy desk, fat, complacent, smug. A law unto yourself down here in South America. Top foot kisser for the continental press. Yeah, I can still see you wiggle that fat cigar around your greasy mouth and hear you tell me. Morgan, you're fired. I, I'm what? Fired. Five-letter word. Look it up. Synonym for bounce, can, withhold salary from... And dismissed without notice. Well, why? Why what? Am I fired? Oh, several reasons. I won't list them all, just two of them. A, you drink too much. B, you're a rotten reporter. No, wait a minute. No part in arguing, Charlie. As a newspaper man, you're through. Particularly here in South America. And you know. Yeah, I guess I do. The AP fired you first, and you lost your birth with UP. I gave you a birth here on Continental because I felt sorry for you. You didn't appreciate it. I don't want to lecture, Potter. Too much vino, Charlie. Too many senoritas. This is a newspaper office. Not Hollywood's version of what a newspaper office ought to be like. Days are gone when reporters wore their hats on the backs of their heads and scooped the town while having a quick one at Harry's Speak. You've got to work for a living if you want to keep a job, Charlie. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll stake you to the tourist plane fare back to New York. It's 5,500 miles due north, Charlie, and I don't expect you to walk. Keep your stake, Potter. Oh? I'll get along. Maybe you were right about the hooch and the dames. But when you call me a rotten reporter, I should have kicked your teeth Don't in. try any rough stuff, Morgan. Blind drunk, I'm better than you'll ever be, and I'll prove it. How? I... I'll... I'll let you know. Right after I wind up cockeyed. You were half right anyway, Potter. I couldn't hold a job. That's why I came down to S.A. in the first place. My rep in the States was getting too bad. But the atmosphere south of the Amazon didn't change me, Potter, and I knew it when I wandered into that tourist-ridden cocktail lounge at the El Canto Hotel and found a place for myself at the bar. 
Dame scotch, chico. Pronto. Un martini muy seco, por favor. Dispensen usted, señor. You are an American reporter, are you not? I was. You do not remember me? No. The name is Gonzalez. We met in Rio two years ago. I worked for a magazine at that time, El Estilo. So what? I have something to offer you, senor, for a little money. No, thanks. You do not even know what it is I have for Whatever sale. it is, I'm not interested. Go peddle it somewhere else. If that is how you feel about the most astounding piece of news in Hiroshima? What are you gassing about? I am taking a big risk by talking to you this way, senor. More than one man has been thrown into the river for the piranha fish to feast on. Within minutes, they can strip onto the bone so that nothing is left. You're a cheerful character. But for a sum, senor, a small sum, I will give you the news beat of the century. You better try drinking your martinis through a straw. You're loaded. Don't be a fool. Won't you even listen to me? I'm listening, but you don't say anything. What's this big news scoop all about? I can only tell you at this time that it concerns a missing person, a man the world thought was dead, who has suddenly reappeared. How oh, big deal. It is a big deal, senor. And since you are so stubborn about uh, it... Wait, wait, wait a minute. Well? All right. You've got a beat. I'll buy it if it's right. But, uh, what is it? Will you pay $500? Mm, maybe. Do you have $500 in American money? I can get it. Very well, senor. In that case, you're being watched, senor. Watched? Do not look around. I am in the hotel, room 413. Meet me there in exactly one hour. 413. Leave the hotel first and then return. Make sure you are not followed, senor. Your life may depend on it. He turned and slunk out of the bar like an animal, afraid of being cornered. I waited ten minutes, then walked through the lobby and left the hotel. I strolled up the avenue to kill a little time, then crossed the plaza and started to circle back. It was at that point that I first had the feeling of being shadowed. Twenty minutes later, I was standing in front of room 413. I rapped once. Waited. Then rapped again. Then I tried the door and found it open. The room seemed empty at first, but when I crossed to the window, I saw an arm sticking out from behind the couch. There was a body attached to the arm, Potter. Gonzalez's body. And as I lifted his head, I saw the bullet hole in his chest. Gonzalez. Senor. Hey, Morgan. Who plugged you, Gonzalez? Tell me. They know about you, senor. And you will be next. Run. Run, senor. For your life. The next thing I heard was a death rattle, and I lowered what was left of Gonzalez to the floor. My first impulse was to get out of there fast, but as I started for the door, I noticed a photograph standing near the bed. It was a picture of a woman, and I grabbed it on a hunch and yanked it out of the frame. That was when they made attempt number one, Potter, to shut me up. The shots came from the window and they missed me by a hair. I bounded out into the car and started racing down the hall when I heard footsteps behind me and I knew I was being chased. I could almost hear the next two bullets whistle past my ear and it was no time to stand on ceremony. I grabbed the nearest doorknob with a prayer that was answered when the door pushed open and I slammed in and locked it behind me as I staggered into somebody's room. I beg your pardon? I, oh, I, excuse me. I, well, may I ask who you are? Uh, ten more seconds and it would have been who I was. What are you doing in my room? 
I'm running, mister. What I mean? Yeah, from a gun. Somebody out in that car that thinks there's an open season on Americans. <laughs> Is this some kind of practical joke? Didn't you hear the shots? No. Well, I heard them, mister, and they were meant for me. Just a moment, my uh, Don't open that door. Please. Well? All is empty. You're sure? Look for yourself. Now, the guy who was chasing me must have taken a powder, which suits me fine. Please, um, exactly what is this all about? Man's been murdered in room 413. On this floor? Let me see. Now, wait a minute, mister. They've had five tries at me up to now, and I don't want number six to hit the jackpot. I tell you, there's no one here in the corridor, my friend. Now, uh, show me the corpse. This way. Incidentally, um, who are you? Charlie Morgan's my name. Well, mine is Steuben. Kurt Steuben. And, um... Uh, Charlie, do you mind if I suggest that you have the liquor on your breath? Okay, okay, so I had a quick one. One, mind you, that's not enough to dream up a yarn like this, is it? This, uh, this is the room. Very well. The room is empty, my friend. Empty? Quite. But, but he was lying over there near the couch. <laughs> Perhaps your corpse go down to the bath or a beer, huh? Oh, these boys work fast. They got him out of here while I was ducking slugs in the hall. Oh, I'm sure now the Gonzales had a story. And what a story. If it's hot enough to kill for it, must be blazing. What kind of a story are you referring to? A missing man. Must be a big shot. I guess he turned up somewhere. But, but who and where? I... What are you smiling at? Was that smiling? You think I'm off my conk? No, not exactly. Perhaps you did run into something important, and the man was killed because of it. Wouldn't it be wiser to forget? Is that a suggestion or a threat? A threat? <laughs> Why should I threaten you? Look, I've got part of a front-page banner headline in my pocket, Bob, and if a certain fat-headed editor will give me five minutes... You can read all about it in the next edition. He smiled again, then stuck a monocle in the corner of his eye and looked me over like I was some kind of bug under glass. He was still gawking at me with all his molars showing when I left the room. As soon as I stepped out into the street from the hotel lobby, I knew I'd made another mistake. I should have called your potter from a phone booth inside, but it was too late now. Right behind me, blocking the doorway, was a guy with a chest like a barrel and a face like an ape's. He was watching me with an ugly scowl. One of his mitts was inside his pocket, wrapped around a gun. I began to walk, and so did he. And then I started to run. I tried to lose myself in the narrow street, but he stuck to me like glue, and any second I expected to hear his revolver crack and feel the lead burn through my spine. Then, just as I thought my legs would give out, I spotted a shopping arcade, and I ducked inside with the crowd. A few seconds later, I looked behind me, and... He was gone. I ducked into a phone booth. Charlie Morgan, Potter. Well, Charlie? 
Listen, I'm calling from a phone booth near the avenue in a rear car. I just got a tip at the hot one. What kind of a tip? A guy's been missing. He's supposed to be dead, but he's shown up again. What guy? Uh, well, I don't know yet. Oh, brother. Oh, now, now, listen to me, Potter. What kind of a pitch are you trying to hand me, Morgan? You drunk again? Don't be a chump. A man's been murdered because of this thing. I saw his body. Where? The El Cato Hotel. You notify the police? I... Well, no, I... Well, why not? Because his body disappeared. Along with the pink elephant? Oh, for the love of Mike, stop baiting me, will you? This is on the level, Potter. I swear it. I've got a photograph. Some dame. She might be his lady friend if I can find out who she all is. All right, all right. Come up to the office. Let's see what goes. Do I get my job back if this thing hooks up? If it doesn't, I'll have you thrown in the river. Let the piranha fishes eat you alive. <laughs> I'm on my way, Potter. Just sit tight. <laughs> But I wasn't on my way, at least not yet, because I suddenly spotted the gorilla who'd been chasing me coming through the arcade. I ducked out of the phone booth just as he caught my eye, and we both started moving together. He was big, but I was fast. And ten seconds later, I tumbled into a cab that was parked in front of the arcade and yelled, Kali Martez! Uno dos cinco! Pronto, hombre! I looked back through the window and saw him standing on the curb. The sun was down, the streets were getting dark, but I could have sworn I saw a smile on his face as my cab jumped away. Five minutes later, I knew the joke was on me. Driver. Hombre. You call, senor. Where are you going? Calle Marte, senor. This isn't the way to the Calle Martes. You're going north. Si, senor. Como? A shortcut, senor. Este usted bien seguro? Pues sí, señor. Hey, wait a minute. Stop the car. I'm getting out here. Did you hear me, hombre? Stop this jalopy, you stupid-looking crumb, before I... Be quiet, señor. And enjoy the ride. I saw it when I leaned over. A German Luger, as big as a cannon of a strapped to his gear shift. And he had one hand on the wheel and the other on the gun button. We drove for 20 minutes more in silence while I weighed the odds against trying to take him from behind. He was doing 50 by that time, and we were on the open road at least five miles from town. But gun or no gun, I wasn't going to let him waltz me around again, Willie. So I moved up suddenly and grabbed his throat while his hand shot up and pressed the Luger muzzle against my cheek. Got him. Stop this car. Let go. I shoot. Go ahead, and I'll twist this wheel right off the road. I swear I shoot. Let go. Hey, look out. hit a tree head-on and the car was a wreck. I got out of it lucky with a twisted shoulder and a cut on my cheek while the driver's head smacked into the dashboard and knocked him cold. Hey, hombre. Wake up. Hombre. ¿Qué es eso? Now, take it easy, hombre. Now, I've got the Luger. Can you stand? No puedo andar. Try it. Come on, get on your feet. Caramba. That's better. Now, let's keep it in English. You were pretty good at it before. What's the deal? Senor. Who paid you to take me for a ride? I do not remember. Will you remember better if I massage your skull with this Luger? Senor, por favor. I'm a poor man. For a few pesos, I do someone a favor. A few pesos? I'm not worth much, am I? It was not to hurt you, senor. Just to drive you to the house. What house? It is near here. Okay, let's go. I said, let's go to that house, hombre. He took me through the woods about a half a mile. 
until we reached a broken-down shack with a car parked in front of it. It was a big job, European, a Mercedes, and it looked in Congress standing in front of that hovel. I nudged the guy with my gun, and we stopped for a minute while I took stock of the surroundings. This the joint? See. Who owns that car? I don't know, senor. Who lives in the shack? I don't know, senor. Do you know you're alive? See, si, senor. Congratulations. Come on, we're moving up to that busted window to see who's inside. We approached the window slowly, bent half over, and when we reached the house wall, I raised my head inch by inch until I could peer through the broken glass. The first guy I noticed was the hatchet man who'd chased me through the streets, and then I spotted the guy who called himself Kurt Steuben. Between them was another character with his back to me and his head hunched over, almost hidden by an upturned coat collar. This was the missing man, the guy Gonzalez told me about. But before I could get a good look at his face, his sidekick spotted me, raised his hand, and fired point blank through the window. I felt a stab of pain in my right wrist, and I dropped the gun. Then everything happened at once. The driver lunged, the shack door opened, the air was filled with oath, orders, and whistling. How I got back to town, Potter, I don't know. I remember how dark it was as I tore through the woods and the way my spine crawled every time I heard a noise behind me and thought they were closing in. But I found the highway at last and bummed a ride back into the city on a banana cart. That was when you came into the picture again, you great, big, lovable slob. Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. What's happened to you? You're... You're a mess. I'll tell you what happened to me, Potter. I've been conned, chased, mauled, and shot at. I played tag with a gunman and wound up crawling out of a car wreck with a radiator cap in my teeth. Oh, your wrist? Ah, it's just a little flesh wound. Forget it. Listen, I'm convinced I walked into the biggest rhubarb since Lincoln's assassination. Somebody bigs on the loose, Potter. Someone so hot his pals go in for mass murder just to keep it quiet. Now, wait just a minute, Charlie. Oh, you wait. How do you think I got into this condition? Playing jacks? I tell you, there's something tremendous going on, Potter. Bigger than anything I've ever handled in my life. Look, look at look at this picture. It's the one I took from Gonzalez's room. She must have been his girlfriend, and he knew all the answers. And if he knew who this mystery character is, she will. But she doesn't. If I can find it. What did you say? I said she doesn't. The whole thing's a tempest in a teapot. Now, that's an original expression. How can you tell what this dame knows? Because she's inside my private office. She, she's what? They found Gonzalez's body half an hour ago. She came in to give me the story. Gonzalez was mixed up with a small-time heister, a crook who broke out of jail. A crook who... And you believe that yarn? Why not? Look at me! That's why not! Would a small-time crook have an organization so slick I can't move down the street without being tailed by a walking arsenal? Oh, no, take it easy, Charlie. Here she comes. I... I'm going now, Mr. Potter. Well, thank you for coming in to see us. Oh, uh... This is Mr. Morgan. He was the man who found your fiancé's body. Miss Briar Talon, Charlie. It must have been terrible. I warned him, begged him to change his ways. He wouldn't listen. Then when he tried to tell you where Rivera was hiding out, he was murdered. He found his body in the woods, outside of the city. Who's Rivera? The con who escaped. They got an alarm out for him. You're an American, Miss Talon? I was educated in Chicago. Why do I? Gonzalez was Spanish. Of course. I was uh, just wondering uh, where you met him. Here. I knew him for the past two years. He wasn't a criminal. He was a well-educated man. 
met the wrong companion. I love you very much. Goodbye, Mr. Pop. You've been very kind. Goodbye, Miss Collins. Mr. Morgan. Goodbye. So long. I wish I could help you both. The police. She's lying, Father. What? They set this up to put us off the scent. They'll probably knock off this escape con themselves so he can take the rap for killing Gonzalez. But I'm not going to let it go at that. What are you going to do? They've been on my tail for the past eight hours. Now it's my turn. I'm going to chase Miss Fryer Talon. I saw her enter a cab as I hit the street. I climbed into another one and followed. We drove up the main drag to the center of town, and her taxi stopped in front of one of the plushier joints, a big white stone affair that looked like an embassy. She walked inside, and I went around to the back and let myself in through the service entrance. I passed through a butler's pantry, then a hall, and found her in a reception room, just taking off her hat. Hello again. You. Mm, me. You followed me. Sure. Why? Because you lied before. Gonzalez wasn't mixed up with a small-time gangster. This rhubarb is bigger. <laughs> You're very rash. My good-looking friend. Uh-uh. The word is stubborn. As long as you're here, sit down, relax. I'll get you a drink. No, don't bother. And stay away from that desk drawer. What are you looking for? A gun? I'm becoming a very cautious guy, lady. <laughs> don't be silly. You've changed a little in the last half hour, baby. Have I? Mm-hmm. In Potter's office, you gave a pretty good imitation of the bereft sweetheart. Well, since you were astute enough to see through my story, why bother to play act anymore? Who's the man with the upturned coat collar? Beg your pardon? I saw his back in the hovel outside of town. He's the one who's supposed to be dead, isn't he? I thought you already knew all the answers. What's his name, honey? I haven't the slightest idea. You sure you won't have a drink? And have you flavored it with cyanide? No, thanks. <laughs> you don't mind if I have one, then? So you were uh, educated in the States, huh? I was. Where were you born? In a hospital. Ah, ah, very funny. You've got me in stitches. You're such a nice-looking boy. Why do you want to bring trouble on yourself? I like trouble. Agrees with my appetite. Be careful of your choice of food. I wouldn't want you to upset your stomach. As soon as uh, you finish that drink, sweetie, you can get your hat. Oh, we going somewhere? Policia, senorita. <laughs> You're not serious. Do I look like I'm laughing? <laughs> you couldn't possibly take me to the police, darling. No? Why not? Because that gun you were looking for is in someone else's hand. And he's standing right behind you. Good evening. Herr Steuben, I presume. Looks like we're back where we started. I was running, wasn't I? And one of your goons was on my tail. But the chase ends here. Fry up. Yes? Bring the car onto the back, then call Bauer. What shall I tell him? Say, the fox is cornered. We will dispose of the pelt on the bridge. Do you want me to drive you there? Yes, yeah, no. Are we, uh, uh, taking a little ride? Exactly. <laughs> Is this trip necessary? <laughs> you are a warm one, mein Herr, but we will cool you off. You will walk out of this house and into the car with both your hands in your pockets. You will be careful not to utter a sound. Make myself clear? 
Very. Good. And let me warn you, my friend. One false move, and I shoot to kill. We drove in silence until we left the city limits. And any bright ideas I had about making a break were dampened slightly by the rod he was pressing against my ribs. I didn't know where we were going, and I didn't bother to ask, because I had a funny feeling I wasn't coming back. Stay on this road, fire. I know the way, Kurt. Are you uh, comfortable, my friend? Oh, extremely. Good. Look, as long as my future doesn't look very promising, you might uh, you might ease that gnawing sense of curiosity that's been burning me up for the past 12 hours. And for which you are paying a stiff price. Who is he? Who's this mystery guy who's so hot you've got to keep him under wraps by leaving a trail of stiffs from here to the Amazon? You will know who he is very shortly, my friend. You mean I'm going to see him? Yes. When? As soon as you reach the bridge. And uh, what happens... After that, I prefer not to discuss that. It's a very distressing subject. Especially for me. You see, it is very important that your body is not found. It would create a greater disturbance than Gonzalez, merely because you're a newspaper man. Oh, you flatter me. So we will leave it to the piranha fish to dispose of you. Have you seen them operate? Once. They attack in schools. Give them ten minutes and... They can do away with anything alive that happens to drop into the water. I just can't wait. The yeah, I see the cars there already. Stop here, fly up. The bridge was a wobbly affair, made of wood, suspended across the river below. A car was parked in the center. The Mercedes I saw before, and the guy behind the wheel must have been the gorilla who chased me in the arcade. But it was the second man I was interested in, the one with the upturned collar. And he was standing just outside the car in the center of the bridge, watching us. You ought to have your curiosity satisfied, my friend. Look for yourself. Uh, who is he? You cannot see. Oh, he's in the shadows and his collar's still turned up around his head. Friar. Yes. Drive on across the bridge. I will take care of this one here. You are honored, my friend. He has come down himself to see that we dispose of you properly. But who is he? I, I can't see him. What, what's his name? His name, my hey, friend, hey, is... the bridge is cracking! Uh, the bridge was weak, and it couldn't hold the weight of those two heavy cars. Just as it buckled, I leaped free to the bank, but Steuben went down with the others. As the cars bubble underwater, I saw the service suddenly come alive with piranha fish as they moved in for the kill. The next thing I knew, a head bobbed up in the water, gasping for air. It was the mystery man with the upturned coat collar, and just before the fish pulled him under, I caught a glimpse of a trick mustache and heard him scream. <laughs> Potter, you know what piranha fish can do. I searched the riverbank for an hour or two, but all I found was part of an overcoat, the coat the trick mustache was wearing. Inside, I found a billfold, Potter, and in the billfold, a water-soaked card. It looked like some kind of a political party identification tag. Only the ink had run, and I could hardly read what it said. But I was able to make out two things on the card, Potter. 
One was a crossed symbol in the form of a swastika on the upper right-hand corner, and the other was what was left of a name on the bottom. A first name, Potter. Adolf. The Chase was created and written for the National Broadcasting Company by Lawrence Clee. Featured in tonight's cast was Vinton Hayworth. Others were Doris Dalton, Snefflin Schnabel, Wendell Holmes, and Louis Van Ruten. The Chase was directed and transcribed by Walter McGraw. Next week, another exciting script involves a search for gold and sudden death when you follow the chase. It's First Nighter on NBC. Mm.